0: Hello, ciao, and welcome back to the Chronicles of a Black Italian Woman. My name is Benedicta Junpa, and I'm the host and creator of this podcast. Oh my goodness. Hello, 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 people of the internet. Welcome, welcome back to this podcast. And where I say, welcome back to myself, to this podcast. I cannot believe it's been this long since I posted an episode. I believe it's been probably almost a month since I posted the last episode can you believe that I'm just shocked I'm just in shock like what it's been a whole month almost uh, since I posted the last episode like whoa unbelievable I normally try to stick as much as I can to my two weeks every two weeks episode because in the beginning when i started with the podcast i would try to do weekly but at the time i was working from home my energy levels were different so i I thought i could do it on a weekly basis but since i was back in the office since last year january 2021 i haven't been able to do that so i try to stick to the two uh, two weeks every two weeks episode but sometimes it's hard for me to keep up with this sometimes life get into the way various things sometimes I'm I'm just there like Mm-mm, this is not connecting this is not making sense for example I think it was two weeks ago I recorded an episode and I was like mm, this is not giving so as I wasn't like, sure about what I created I was like okay let me take a break because this is not making sense so for me the period of january february can be quite tiring i realize like last year i felt the same this year too i'm just here like oh god what's going on like of course it's february so february is drum please black history month yay which i mean black history month based in the u.s of course but if for example you are from the uk actually black history month is in october and many other countries in europe meanwhile italy doesn't have an official black history month celebration although there have been initiatives in the past regarding october africano which is the african october but pretty much has always been like there hasn't hasn't been an as a black history month i would say but like we are seeing a lot of initiatives around italy so this year has been nice seeing turin turin has been a new city where i've seen initiatives for black history month and i've done a great campaign on social media also they had a press conference as well so that was very good to see in Turin and then there is Black History Month Bologna and also Black History Month Florence as well which has been now now around for some time and there is Justin Thompson that is someone that I actually work with and I respect a lot for the work that, that he has done in Florence and is being collaborated with the various Black History Month initiatives. I also happen to coordinate some Black History Month initiatives between the study abroad Council that um that i work at and uh, it's always such a pleasure to work on this initiative but also is a great emotional tool like this year i had challenges at every single freaking corner i'm just saying, like easy every day i've been planning for months together with my colleagues of course because by myself i I don't think I can do it. And, and I'm just like. Is this for real? Is this for real? The fun of all the challenges. That we been facing on any corner. But the great things about challenges is. When you face them. And you're able to overcome them. Yes. I'm so grateful to God. For that opportunity. And so. It's really incredible. The initiatives in person. I've concluded. At the university that I worked at. But they're all available online. If you write to me. I'll give you the information as well. And also. The. But there is still a show going on, which is called Black Future till the 2nd of March. So it's been such, I think working this year, Black History Month has been such an honor because I've been engaged in so many conversations and seen so many moments. I'm just uh, like, whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. because even for myself as an activist as someone that is passionate you know when few moments ago i just said i like challenges i swear i was lying i swear because after i said that right after i had the worst background noise and i was like this cannot be real like literally i'm struggling to show up i'm finally having the energy to do this podcast and guess what i'm having the worst background noise i was lying i don't know why did i say that i like challenges i need to stop saying that because honestly i don't you know and i know i know i know some of you that may know me you be like benedicta but you are a believer like why do you say that listen i might as well be honest yeah i might as well be honest rather than pretend that i do like challenges okay so um, in just few seconds you see how i just turn from say that "Mm, i don't mind challenges because they can be overcome to like actually i don't No, i'm not a fan because this episode I could have finished recording recording it a few hours ago, okay? So I'm annoyed now. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. But well. What were we talking about? We were talking about Black History Month, about the various challenges I faced, but at the same time to a certain extent, as bit well. I taught me some skills I feel to a certain extent although it was a lot of frustration a lot of desperation I'll be honest with you guys and it's been joy to be see to be able to create spaces for community and to tell stories about black people in Italy I think it's still important to create spaces where stories like this are told you know why? because so I grew up really not seeing black Italians being seen like I saw a few glimpses of migrants on tv and things like that but i did not still see myself fully seen as black italian women Ghanaian descent so with that said i think initiatives like that are so key to build identity and build confidence as well especially for the younger generation for me this kind of initiatives um i'm not going to lie probably people will be like okay better that's weird because i'm doing this quite professional on a professional level but on one hand is always healing my inner child. I grew up with a lot of shame around my skin color. So the fact that I was of the type shamed or make fun of because of my skin color. And few days later, working on this kind of initiative, it kind of brings healing to me. I hope that doesn't sound creepy. I swear enemies of progress are out on the streets because why am I keep on getting interrupted by random noises? Let's keep going. (laughs) I was talking about healing my inner a you know, child and I just and it was funny because before the black before I started with the black history month initiatives I had a very interesting conversation with an 11 12 year old that she was telling me that how she would make be a fan of at school because of his skin color although she's biracial she said like she the, she said that students were her stupid because she was black and it's so like crazy to be that 20, 30 years after that, no 30, I'm not that uh, old yet. But let's say 20 years after, 50 years after that I've been out of school, right? And people will still have these ideas. And I was like, this is insane. So that's why initiatives like these are so needed in Italy to empower black people, but also to add. Ed- empower and educate and also to educate the rest of the population that thinks that black people have not given contribution outside of probably activism like Martin Luther King and also Mandela but black people have created traffic lights black people have created GPS so everything that is carrying this life has been created by black people so you might as well sit down and get some education just as simple as that and I wish the school system especially in Italy could expand their thinking and that education but let's keep it moving. And also, I wanted to highlight as well that initiative like Black History Month is so needed in Italy, in a country where, and I think this came up with one of the conversation of the guests from Black History Month about changing narratives. This is Ada Uguabara. Hey, girl. So, we had a conversation and she was saying she's an activist, she works in tech, and she does project management as well, and she was sharing how Black People in Italy rather hyper visible or they go under the radar, and it's just so true because oftentimes, in Italy, people will be like. There are too many black people. There are too many people. There are too many people. Uh, You always hear, like, why they all come into our country? Well, actually, the highest number of migrants are not from sub Saharan Africa, but actually, they're from Eastern Europe. So let's start there. But often times, the people that pointed out to be the problem are black people. So some people argue that throughout the years, they are just black people. African people are being changing because before everybody was so welcoming. I don't know about that because I never knew when people were welcoming when I was growing up. So, and as she was saying that about the hyper lower visibility of black people, I think this connects us to the next topic that black history map is needed, especially in a country that still citizenship upsets is not equal and tends to mostly exclude people from sub-Saharan Africa but also people from different countries as I said Eastern Europe Asia South America so for this reason it is so important that we keep on initiatives like Black History Month and also because we have a citizenship law that this month on the 5th of February has turned 30 years old this citizenship law for some when we say 30 you may say like oh it's not old like how how is that old but it actually is especially not for the fact that this law is 30 years old especially for the fact that this citizenship law refers to an old law of the 1912 well what does the citizenship law says it says that till you are the age of 18, if you're born and raised in the country of italy you cannot become an italian citizen only when you can become an italian citizen before that is if one of your parents of course is Italian or if your migrant parents do apply for Italian citizenship what's the problem with that that oftentimes many migrant parents are not able to access that citizenship before as the child turn 18 because of the labor laws literally, and the incomes oftentimes migrant families here in Italy have lower income jobs and to access citizenship you have to prove a certain amount of income but oftentimes because of contracts because of exploitation because of accessibility to certain jobs are not possible or you're not able to convert your degrees it takes some time for migrant families to develop that requirement to access Italian citizenship and by the time they develop that requirement sometimes this can exclude some people so that exclusion can cause trouble literally for many because sometimes you see some families that children like the eldest children they may miss some the position becoming Italian citizens and the youngest one do get an opportunity to become Italian citizen. In my case I was lucky enough that my dad and my mom I've been able to work through the access of citizenship but consider that this happened kind of 10 years later compared to when it should have happened. Because in Italy, if you are a migrant and you move to Italy, you have to wait ten years before becoming an Italian citizen. So for this reason, like it, it takes a very long time and that's why I was saying there is an exclusion for younger people that are born and raised here but not recognized as Italian. So in my case I was lucky with my parents my dad came a little bit before i was born so when i applied for citizenship they would be able to grab the citizenship just a little bit before i turned 18. the problem is i often think about oh my gosh if they would have access citizenship a little bit later maybe it could have been difficult for me to access citizenship despite being born here because sometimes if you miss a documentation they are able to deny that right that is for you so i'm always grateful to my parents for that sacrifice that they did to access citizenship on time that even protected me and they had to spend so much money because if you do it through like the standard government procedure listen you don't get that access easily. You have to go through lawyers to enable your application to be acknowledged on time. Like you have to wait sometimes for they say on paper it before it was two years, and sometimes it became four, five, six years. Now it's four years that do become four. No, now it's three years wait. As somebody was four years with the Salvini decree. Now it became three years, and still that's we're talking about Italian bureaucracy say and if you're not familiar with italy italy can be quite slow as a country so that all this bracket to say that the Italian citizenship law as 30 30 years old is still excluding children of this country and it's insane and especially excluding afro-italians so i'm working at a research project and so that's why i'm also a bit stressed and tired these days they've been selected for and i really hope i be able to showcase how the Italian citizenship law does exclude migrant children but especially and especially children of African descent so it's been nice seeing newer people at the forefront for this fight for citizenship rights for those that do not know I'm an activist and I've been active when it comes to the citizenship law since 2017 but actually I've been interested in this topic from way 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 before that, um, even when I first moved to London and I started discussing the Italian citizenship, I remember I made a sign where I said, uh, Born in Italy in 1992, I became Italian in 2009, and I put a why in question mark. So my activism started around this topic officially in 2017. And then last year, I decided to, I guess, take a break. Like, no, you never really take a break for activism. But I decided to step back from the group I was part of because it became a source of distress, something that brought me so much joy, something that brought me so much purpose, has become something, became something that brought me so much distress. So for this this reason, I stepped back from this cause. Like, not the cause, never from the cause but from the activism group that I was part of but still it was great mm. to be part of it I shaped me in so many ways even the job that I have now is thanks to my activism work so I'm always grateful for that journey but you know sometimes you still need to remove yourself from spaces and people especially in the moment that you show up authentically or you talk about your pain and I guess dismissed. that's no place for you there is no space for you there just speak and leave and go somewhere where you are loved you are truly loved truly appreciated and truly embraced because i don't i don't want to say these people did not love me i think you really loved me and they really wanted me to still stay and be part of everything but for me I did not feel true to myself and being able always to express my true self. And in the moment that it came, what I said, Oh, right now, Navi, I'm not having the best time. I'm not happy with the decisions that be made. Whatever was said, whatever I said, was dismissed I was like Alicia. that's a buy for me that's a buy for me <laughs> but still i love i appreciate it. whatever whichever group they're doing to push forward there uh, kudos to you although oh may i say on one side i'm sad though because people have been working there behind off since 2016 2017 with almost bare acknowledgement and i think sometimes when it comes to this fight and when people are pushing forward it's important to credit those people that came before you even if you i don't know maybe don't always agree with what they did but it's important to still acknowledge those that came before you and i don't know maybe now there could be more support for the citizenship law let's see how it goes but yeah i wish people would give more credit Sometimes stupid. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh even with the work that I do sometimes, even with Black History Month, I, I wish some of these people I would get a little bit more credit about what I'm doing, a little bit more support. But at the same time, you know what? I'm grateful for those people that do show up and do always support. So I don't want to come across as ungrateful. So yeah. And as we're talking about Italian citizenship law, I tried to support it to highlight the fact that this law can put people in a position of, I would like to say, disadvantage maybe, and not only a position of disadvantage, but also in, When you are Italian citizenship, you can also still deal with a lot of microaggression because sometimes people assume just because of your skin color or because of your background, you are not Italian. So, for example, there is this athlete, shop, putter Daniel Madam. Oh, she's originally from Comet room and has presented this year the Euros, and as she's presented this year the heroes she's become more, more known as well and a struggle as well has become more known too and she just accessed access the italian citizenship just a few about a year ago i don't think even two years ago and she was struggling and she was queuing up to get on the plane and she was told that oh i need people with italian passport to stand on one side and all the other passports on the other side and this person came to her she stood of course as she's an italian citizen now on the side of the italian passports right this attendant went to her and had the courage to say i said italian passport my girl." she was quiet and she pulled her passport in her face if it was me i would have told you about your life but probably not because i knew that i needed to get to my destination so probably i would have held back but i would have said something shady sooner or later because we are tired of all these aggressions and microaggressions they are just annoying and i was reading something about the term microaggressions. And they were saying that it's not the aggressions are smaller, but their aggressions are undertaking. And these kind of microaggressions do affect you on a psychological level as well. Because oftentimes you question yourself, you question your abilities, you question your belonging to a country that where you were born or raised is a lot of questioning that do go on and affect your well-being and as i'm talking about well-being i wanted to touch on a topic regarding mental health uh you know if you are a listener of this podcast you know this is a topic that i like to talk about and i think it's still important talking about i think we don't do enough talking and enough action about this and i think even talking to myself i think we all need to do more so for this reason i wanted to this next part of this podcast to about mental health and uh, i want to talk specifically about former miss usa kesley christ which unfortunately she lost her life due to suicide and i want to put a trigger warning if you're uncomfortable with this topic please feel free to turn off this podcast and i want to say thank you for tuning in and if you are okay in this topic this topic is not triggering for you please stay stay with me on this topic i thought it was important to talk about it for a different variety of reasons first of all who is chel chris she was former miss usa and that was in 2019 and i still remember her i didn't really remember her name but i remember her face because at the time all the miss uh, america the pageant all the tr- from the three main competitions they were all black and i was like whoa look at that like you know because oftentimes with black women for centuries for so long within western societies we were not associated to to beauty and this has also affected the beauty standard between African societies as well so sometimes the beauty standards that they would be praised they would be the lighter skin white or there would be some specific kind of hair for example so for this reason that's why I think it was such a powerful moment so that's why I remember about chesley chesley christ and i was like whoa and so when i saw the news i was quite moved and i was quite sad as well because this part wasn't a big follower i thought it was so sad that somebody so young because she was 30 years old And she was former Miss USA. She was a journalist, a lawyer, and also the correspondent for Extra Believe TV. It was just sad seeing her like losing her life. So prematurely and I'm talking about losing a life because I think sometimes we need to change our language even around suicide I think we need to change our life around that because sometimes people just assume that it's just a choice people are selfish people don't care about their lives don't care about others people that they leave behind i don't think anybody like will intentionally do that i think some people there was so much suffering in the inner turmoil that i don't think we can ever understand or judge such gesture and i think we need to really change language around that and throughout the years i've heard about other suicides and that made me aware of the fact that we really need to change our language around that. I wanted to talk about it for some specific reason. Of course, raising aware when, awareness when it comes to mental health. But also to break some stigma or myth or ideas that there are around mental health. For example, I think the assumption about Kesley Chris is the fact that she was rich. She was happy. She was bubbly. She used to do a lot of TikToks and on social media. Her personality was quite vibrant and you could see see that also through our job as a correspondent as well but you start looking closely probably to some of the images you could see that actually her eyes were quite sad but it's easy to dismiss somebody else's mental health struggle because sometimes we assume that they don't look that they're having a mental health struggle i don't know if i'm making sense we oftentimes believe that depression anxiety whichever mental health struggle that there is they do have a specific look so somebody that deals with mental health or depression probably is a loner uh, It's not bubbly is socially awkward and things like that so there is a lot of assumption around that but actually there are people that we may see as extrovert that we may see as strong that do have mental struggles. you know they may be big they may be small so for example when it comes to me personally i do think i do come across as a strong person right and i do come across as somebody that does a lot of things i do come across as someone that does a lot what people don't know is sometimes especially when it came to adulting i started to feel a little bit not always that great and to be honest you know it's not only related to adulting but also between my childhood I did not always feel that great on a mental level. Although I was smiling all the time as a kid or so many things, sometimes I did not feel that great. And when it came to my adult life, I remember a couple of years ago, I told my sisters, I remember one summer, I told them, oh, you know, from time to time, I sometimes get, I don't remember if I say a panic attack or I get anxious my sisters they turn to me and they go like you like they just went like you and, I, and they said you why because they did not expect somebody like me that has trouble that's that seems she has a lot of friends and she's social and she's bubbly and this is somebody that goes for a dream sometimes having some some challenges when it comes to her mental health definitely i don't have huge ones but still sometimes they're there and i don't really talk about it a lot because i don't do i always feel comfortable talking about it? Not really but I think it's important sometimes to be honest and transparent too and yeah so I I was as I was talking about these things and hopefully with time I would learn to be more honest and transparent. I sometimes struggle to just say what I maybe identify what I struggle with and also say what's going on as well. I sometimes struggles with that. As I sometimes don't always feel comfortable talking about it. But as I said in the past on this podcast, I don't want to be an hypocrite where I encourage people to talk about their mental health or talk about others' mental health without talking about my so i think it's important to talk about that and so from time to time when i'm in crowded places there are times where i don't always feel comfortable in crowded places although most of the time i do there are times where i don't and sometimes that i remember i think probably the last panic attack that i had was when i was in london a few years ago i don't think it was the time when i was in 2019 but probably the year before and i wasn't like i was not expecting to experience that but suddenly i felt uncomfortable in a shopping center and i literally started to say i need to get out i need to get out i need to get out and that was so almost unusual for me but this has happened to me in a couple of occasions and I don't know what it is that sometimes triggers that but I realize that sometimes when I see a lot of people and way too many, something something makes me feel uncomfortable. And and probably someone that you will see and you will think she's on a story she's talking and she's happy, she's in public You will probably not assume or think that from time to time I do have a panic attack. Or you will say that I speak in public, let it be at work let it be at church let it be in other contexts so you will never think that because I perform you would think oh wait of course she doesn't have any of it and when it comes to Chesley Chesley Chris I think that pain was not oftentimes that knowledge because she was suffering a mom said from high functioning depression because we think when people have depression the only form of depression is when it inhibits action but sometimes you can deal with anxiety and depression and you can still be functioning and so we assume that oh because this person is functioning they were not struggling mentally of course and In this case, I'm not talking about myself because I've not been diagnosed with anything uh, from my therapy. But um, I think it's important. We have to be careful about the warning signs of depression that may not be the same or what we assume they may be. So... When people say it's important to check in on your strong friends, uh, show support to people that may not seem that in need support, and they got it all together. Sometimes we need to check in on those people too, and and know when and how to sh- check in as well, because sometimes, mm. uh, for example, I read uh, a friend. Uh, somebody that i know shared something on socials and i thought it was important it was a thread where it said why sometimes it's not always good to go right in and check in on your strong friend and this was a thread by sweet i think it was sweetie on twitter and she said sometimes the strong friend doesn't know how what they're going through how they're feeling and they feel uncomfortable maybe talking about it and that's for me sometimes i don't even know how to to verbalize what i'm going through because i've been kind of taught to ignore wherever i feel pain in one way or the other and also when it comes to feedback with your strong friends please give it at the right time and give it when it is asked for because there have been times where people try to give me feedback when i'm feeling down and i'm just there like why are you giving me feedback or asking me questions right now when you can clearly tell i'm upset or tired or frustrated so please know the right time where to give constructive feedback so that's some advice that i have for you on how to support your strong friends actually this episode is gonna be longer of what i expected but you know what i've been away for so long that you might as well listen to my voice Hey. So so with that said, I wanted to say that please 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 um unfortunately I was reading this article on the degree O I believe and they were saying how sometimes black women their symptoms are being under knowledge because we live in this society where there is the trope of the strong black women and also we're always expected to show up for some reason. We're always expected to show up, show up our best and people struggle to empathize in the moment that we sh- we share our pain. So please find trusted people that you can share your pain with and do not just accept the thought of being sad or depressed. You know, you can experience moments of happiness, joy, satisfaction in your life. But it's important that we just don't accept that oh, we have to suffer or we have to be sad or we, we don't have to you know let's take our joy back let's take our care back like we deserve care we deserve care from our loved ones we deserve care from our families we deserve care from the people around us so when people are feeling that Please, feel okay to remove yourself, you know? It's okay for you to do that. Feel okay to set boundaries. Feel okay to say that you're not okay. You know, like, the weirdest part for me, like, when last month I was sick with the burnout is, you know, my sister was laughing at me, but she had a point. I kept saying I was doing fine while coughing, and it was weird, but I felt... I have to say that I was fine because I wasn't in a hospital room. I felt that I have to say that I was fine because a few moments earlier, I had to still perform and show up at my workplace because at the time I was on the news and I didn't know what I had. But, you know, sometimes it's just things like that that makes it, can make it a little bit easier, make our burden a little bit easier. Sometimes be okay with vulnerable. But let me tell you, you also have to know who to be vulnerable with because sometimes the dismiss of your vulnerability can be more painful of your pain so be wise about who you share your pain with and also like yeah don't be fooled please by when people performing or are I, I, I functioning please show care also to those people i don't assume that they do not need care and when it comes to mental health struggles i don't think it's enough to talk about it it's not enough to say speak about it it's not enough to say just a faith you know the reason being i say these things is one People don't always know how to verbalize the stroke. People, when they verbalize it, they oftentimes dismiss. So I think myself and others, we need to work on how, how not to dismiss somebody pain, somebody's pain because it doesn't show up as a that we are familiar with so we need to create spaces for people to be comfortable to show up and speak up i think oftentimes we fail to do so we just have people speak up say what you're struggling with but in the moment they tell you what they're struggling with are you going to be accommodating to that because if you're not going to be accommodating to that nope that's it uh so i think we need to create a Listening and comfortable and safe space for people to speak up. And also, I touch on faith because I think it's important to talk about it. Because oftentimes, within faith fer- circles, I think we still fail to acknowledge the struggle of mental health. Between, in, in my case, the Christian faith circle, I think we fail miserably in acknowledging that. A few weeks ago, I was recalling, like a few days ago, I was just recalling somebody saying that if you're a Christian, you're not depressed. And I was like, you said what? You said what? And you have somebody maybe in that circle. Battling with depression. And they have been praying. And maybe they have been fasting. And you are telling them. If you are a Christian you are depressed. You are telling them that. You're probably worth it less of God's love because of the struggle that you're going through. Like that's why I just say that oh, you gotta be careful about what you say to people, especially if you're a believer, because you can make or break somebody's faith. Literally, you can make having faith does not equal lack of challenges. And unfortunately, those are also meant to have challenges. I believe that God is a healer, I believe God is a restorer. So please, I'm not saying that God is not able to do that but God to be able to do that we have to be honest and say that okay sometimes Christians do struggle with mental health and it's okay it's okay because when we bring that pain when we bring that struggle to God God is able to show himself himself how and bring comfort and bring strength and bring healing but if we say that Oh, you can't be that? How's the strength and healing coming? How is that coming? That's not possible. And also, like, I, I wanted to talk about it because I saw when Kesley lost her life, I saw people say, oh, you should trust God. And I... I saw a few glimpses of her interviews and a few things about what she shared in her life. And I remember she said, I have a God-given talent. She said, I have a God-given talent. And she was acknowledging the way God has put purpose in her. She was acknowledging the way that God showed up for her. So the father, she suffered with mental health. The fact that she suffers suicide. I don't think this has nothing to do with her faith sometimes. I don't think people that unfortunately do suffer for these issues do lack faith. I do think they still hope for the better. But sometimes it just gets too hard. And I think sometimes we need to know when it's time to preach. And when it's time to bring comfort. And too many Christians don't know when to empathize and when to bring comfort. They always think they can bring some theology when people are suffering. It's not that simple is actually more complex, and sometimes we need to use our faith instead of simplifying reality to actually understand the complexity of it. And we need to stop like denying or judging people. Like there is no need for that. There is no need. Get comfortable with pain and suffering for how comfortable they can be. Because trust me, something that I don't like that either. I don't like pain. I don't like suffering. Like who likes that? I don't like that. <laughs> Like, I appreciate Paul saying, I count it all joy, but I struggle to count it all joy. And I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to be honest. Because sometimes I think it's too simplistic to just quote a couple of scriptures and a couple of things to just be like, Mm, my pain is gone no sometimes you need to know when you have to see through that pain you need to know when to acknowledge that pain you need to sometimes use the word that you're reading now as a magic word you have to be honest and vulnerable even about your struggles between your faith because i feel that's when god truly shows up and i think that's important to acknowledge but it's important to acknowledge that also there are people suffering and not denying their suffering and so no show empathy to people please do show some compassion to people because seriously if we don't show love to people we may fail we may fail fail miserably in our faith work. and i don't want that to be the case i want people to truly find joy and comfort and place spaces to be vulnerable and when they can find spaces as well where they can rest and when they can find comfort i think that's absolutely important and i really wish you a lot of rest and comfort throughout this month of february please everybody be strong take care of yourself Um, know when you can be vulnerable i pray that you find people around you that can they can support you and that you can be vulnerable with and being embraced by and you don't have to be a christian to do so i've I just wanted to let you know that I wish that on each one of you and each listener. And I appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry that I don't normally like to conclude on a lighter note. Uh I think that this is okay to conclude on a different note. But I hope you feel loved, embraced, and cared for. I appreciate each one of you tuning in. Take care, all the best, and don't forget, follow the Chronicles of a Black Italian woman at Chronicles of A of A. Of A. I B W as you can tell I haven't been doing this for some time <laughs> and also, you can follow my personal page at SmileyVenny. And thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, also, you see, I always have to finish on a lighter note. Do not forget, I have a new cover. What do you think about the new cover? Do you like it? I have a new cover for the podcast. I'm so happy Ryan Fitzgerald took those pictures for me, which is the sister of my colleague and I'm colleague and friend. And I want to thank AJ for, uh, for connecting me with his sister that Uh, she took these amazing pictures of me on film and i decided to use one of them for the podcast cover let me know what you think about it okay and probably you saw my face for the first time some of you like yeah so uh, thank you so much i appreciate you take care bye